0: Hey, this is Sarah, and you're listening to Hey, It Worked For Me. This is episode number two, and it is titled, Hey, Transitions Are Hard. Um, As a reminder, I am a mom of five with one on the spectrum. I am not an expert. I am just here to share my experience. Some things I've learned over the past 16 years of parenting might be helpful and useful to some of you especially right now during these weird and unusual times of distance learning. So, Hey, It Worked For Me is just about presenting you with things that have worked for me and hoping that maybe I might ease some stress or worry for you. Um, because I am a mom of five, I also have five pets. I'm doing this podcast from home for convenience. I can't promise that it will always be quiet in the background. I apologize if that frustrates you or if you dislike that. I wish it could be different, but this is the way it is. I have to do this as I have time. So I apologize again if you don't like the noise, but I guess get used to it if you want to be a listener here. (laughs) So anyways, today I'm going to be discussing the difficulty of transitions for younger kids and kids on the spectrum, and the use of picture schedules. Um, A picture schedule is obviously a visual schedule um, that is used for children who can't yet read. Uh, I will be discussing some options for older kids as well, so stay around if you have older kids who can read. I will get to that, I promise. Uh, so anyways, transitions are difficult for most young kids and also kids on the spectrum, kids with ADHD also. And let's be honest, sometimes for adults, I struggle with something unexpected happening when I'm mid-task as well. Um, and I sometimes can get really frustrated with that unexpected transition and I don't always move into the next thing, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Gradually, eloquently. I don't know. I don't always do it gracefully. Uh, sometimes it's hard. And for children, especially young children, I'm thinking like kinder to second, maybe even third grade, um, who haven't yet figured out their emotions or how to verbalize what's going on. Uh, when they get frustrated they can tend to have a meltdown. And for a lot of kids, a meltdown can be very difficult to redirect. Once you get into that mind space, it's very hard to come back from it. I know that for my son on the spectrum, a meltdown can sometimes destroy his entire day. He will go from literally a great morning, focused, good energy, in a great mood, one simple task going awry, causing a meltdown, and he will not be able to get back from that moment for the rest of the day. It will carry over all the way till bedtime on occasion. I mean, it can be quite difficult for everyone for a parent, for a student, for a teacher, uh, for siblings. You know, it, it's hard. So, The more we can do to prepare them and ease through transitions, especially with distance learning, uh, the easier the day will be. The more um, moments you'll have of productive work and the more good mood you'll have, right? The more laughter the ability to smile, the ability to let things kind of go in the moment when they need to, um, because they're prepared. So with that, I used a picture schedule to help with a visualization of transitions through the day. It helps them know what's coming and will ease their anxiety over a transition. So how did I come about to use Tran- uh, picture schedule. I, I came about this as a way of communication for my son with autism. <clears throat> when he was two years old, he's 16 today, but so this was a while ago, but when he was two years old, he was diagnosed with a speech delay. Um, to give you an idea, he qualified for our local early intervention services with more than a 50% delay in just speech alone. To qualify for services, there has to be a 50% 50 delay in one developmental area or a 25% delay in two developmental areas. He qualified with a more than 50% delay in speech and also qualified with more than a 25% delay in his fine motors, which he still struggles with. I have not found the answer to that to this day. (laughs) So, um, at two years old, we went into early intervention services because he was only saying around 30 words. And only 15 of those words did he say on a consistent basis that we knew he knew what they meant. So like mom and dad, he said consistently milk, um, things like that. But there was like another 15 words that he sometimes said, like maybe it was swimming, you know, that he would just say one time but didn't say it again. So in the moment, it seemed he knew, but because he couldn't use it again, we couldn't really count that as a word. So he qualified for the early intervention services, and that meant that our developmental specialists came out to our home to work on Anything we needed, anything that he needed developmentally, she was there to help us with. And on her first day in our home, she suggested the picture schedule. For us, it wasn't for transitions. It was for communication. So he could look at the picture and see what was happening for the day, and we could talk about it. So that way he would start to learn the words. I also ended up printing pictures of things he want, would want through the day, mostly snacks. Um, so it would be like a picture of goldfish crackers or a picture of juice. And then he would be able to point to a picture or bring it to me and show me what he wanted so that I could uh, com- I. C- not only know what he wanted, but I could repeat the word to him. Um, Repetitiveness is what kind of taught him the words. So if he brought me the juice, I would say, oh, you want juice? Let's go get the juice. Okay, now I have the juice. Do you want more juice? Here's your juice. You know, just repetitiveness, as obnoxious as it sounds maybe to somebody who understands what's going on. For him, it was just teaching him the word. But over time, I learned that this actually really helped with transitions because at night when I would say bedtime, instead of him getting frustrated, he had already been seeing through the day each step of what we were doing. And so he would know, like, okay, right now I'm having my bath. So that means that next the picture schedule shows is my bedtime. So he just knew what to expect and we could get in there. What I did was I spent a few days taking photographs of every single thing we did. I took pictures of him waking up, getting dressed, brushing his teeth, eating his meals, getting in the car, going to see grandma, coloring, watching TV. I mean, there's no limit to what you can photograph. And then I just Velcroed them to my wall. I don't recommend that. I recommend using command strips or something else. If you end up going to my blog at the end of this, um, you'll see what I used for my kindergartner this year. Um, But I was in a place where I was just desperate, and I also wanted to do something in the most inexpensive way possible. So I just went ahead and put the Velcro strips on my wall, and I would just Velcro the photographs to the strip every day. So I would, at night when he would go to bed, I would think about what our following day schedule would be. And I would go ahead and put it up. And that way, when he'd wake up in the morning, he would see what was to be expected through the day. And I would talk him through it again, as a way of communicating and teaching him the words, but also because it reinforces what the plan is so that the transitions become easier. So that's what we did. That's how I learned about it. Now, how do you create a picture schedule? It's super simple. Just photograph everything you're doing. You can also just print pictures if you want. You can search Clipart or Google or whatever, print the pictures of anything, that represents what you want it to be. Like if your child really loves chicken nuggets for dinner, you could just print a picture of chicken nuggets and have that represent dinner, whatever you want. There's no limits, there's no rules. It's just about having the pictures there to represent the schedule of the day. Um, Print the photos. So Walmart is super quick, inexpensive, easy way to print the pictures. I laminate them. You don't have to laminate them, but it obviously makes them last longer. They're going to get worn out with use. So with a quick lamination, uh, you'll have them last longer. And then you would just attach them to something, anything you want. So now uh, how do you use a picture schedule? And I just kind of touched on that every evening before bed, or I'm sorry, after they go to bed, organize your schedule for the following day. It's preferred to do it at night instead of in the morning. That way when they wake up, they immediately see it and there's no transition in the morning because it's already there. Um, If you want to and they want to, you can have them do it with you the night before As part of the bedtime routine, that would be great. If it works for them and for you, then have them organize their day, their following day as part of bedtime, because then they really know exactly what to expect when they wake up. Um, Be repetitive. So when they wake up in the morning, you show them the schedule, walk them through it. And then with every single task, you're going to say we're beginning math, and then we're going to be doing reading. Uh, If you need to have a time limit or if they like a time limit, set a timer. Mm -hmm. For a lot of kids, I I use Alexa as my timer, but for a lot of kids, a visual timer is also helpful. So the timer on your phone that counts down or like like a sand timer where you flip it and it, you know, trickles down or something along those lines. If, if they can't handle just the general Alexa timer, oh my gosh, this timer is about to go off. I don't know when, you know, you'll need to do a visual timer of some sort. But it does help if they know uh, math is a half hour with their teacher online. It helps them to have that half hour specific timer so that they know at the end of that, next I'm going to be doing reading. This task is over. The next task is beginning. Most classes are going to have a break in between. So you'll need to also specify that in your transitions. So math ends now. Here's a 20 minute break. I'm going to set this timer for 20 minutes. You can do, give them the list of things they can do in that 20 minutes. And then at this time, we're beginning reading so like that. Okay. The most important thing is to stick to the schedule. They have to know that they can trust the, um, the, the schedule. They, they have to know that they can trust it. Otherwise they're still going to have meltdowns because they're not going to believe you when you say next is reading, uh, if you're switching it up throughout all the time, you know, throughout the day or every day or things like that. There are times that you are going to have to change it. And so when that happens, it's really important to just bring awareness to it. So, hey, uh, your teacher has to cancel this next class, so I'm going to be removing reading. So after math, you're actually going to have a break for an hour instead. Uh, or something along those lines. You have to make sure that they understand this is changing. Here is why, and here's what we're putting in its place. And just make sure that they can, like, see you doing it, you making the changes, because this is all about visualization as a part of communication and understanding of the transitions. So... Most important thing, though, is just do your very best to stick to the schedule. Set the schedule the night before, plan to stick to it for the entire day. I know that's hard because, especially right now, I know for me, I'm working full-time from home. I have four kids who are doing distance learning, and I have a baby also. She is going to be with my mom, so my mom babysits her during the day for me while I work. I'm very grateful for that. I'm very fortunate for that. But at the same time, I know that it's going to be hard for me to stick to the exact schedules that I have in place for each kid. I know that I have to have flexibility in my life and in my day. But in order for my son with autism and my kindergartner to be successful at distance learning, I am going to have to do my best to make sure that their schedules remain as close to what is planned for the day as possible. So it might be harder on me with my work schedule. It might be hard with the baby, but it's important for them. And at the end of the day, them having less meltdowns and less moments of fight over their schoolwork, that actu- actually the easier it will be for me. So even if it seems difficult and overwhelming right now, I know it's going to end up being easier in the end. Might take me a little bit of time to get used to it, but I'll be able to do it and so will you. I know that. So what about older kids? Kids who can read? You know, they might feel that the picture schedule is a little too baby for them and I completely understand that. So I would recommend just having a schedule still, a visualization of something fun, something uh, colorful. So think of like a bullet journal or these creative planners. If you search planners on Pinterest, you'll find um, things to give you ideas. You don't want to make it overwhelmingly busy because that can be really overwhelming also and um, for someone who's like on the spectrum or with ADHD, it might, it might be too busy. It might be too much to make them feel organized. So don't get crazy with it, but at the same time, you want it to be fun and exciting to look at. So there are a ton of apps and tools to use, if you prefer digital over paper, our family really loves to do a combination of digital and paper. So I am using, um, good notes on my iPad to create a digital planner that will set reminders. I will use the kids phones or Alexa's or something along those lines. I'll figure it out. I haven't yet, but to set them reminders, Hey, it's time for class now. But then we also really like to print something that they can look at as often as they need. So, again, similar to the picture schedule, but it will be um, with words instead of pictures that they can read. But it's just something that they can visualize, something they can look at and see and know what to expect next. And start preparing themselves for the next task when they need to. Uh, Most of all, you just have to be patient and understand that the most difficult transition for all of us right now with distance learning is this transition from home to school. Usually kids wake up, get ready, and leave the house to go to school. And that is their marker. That is their transition to change from my home mind to my school mind my home behavior to my school behavior. And they're not going to get that right now. So what are we going to do to make sure they understand the transition from this is home to this is school? It's hard. It's really hard. I've been thinking about it every single day in my own home and trying to figure out what to do. The best I have right now is the kids are still going to get up, get dressed, get ready, eat breakfast, just like they would on a regular school day. And then we're going to move to our desks and we're going to start school on time, just like we normally would. And they're going to use their schedules, their visualizations to know what to expect through the day. And really that's the best we can do right now. Things might change. We haven't started distance learning here yet. We start in one week from today. So things might change still for me, but right now, this is what I think is going to work the best. So that's what I'm going with. So I want to thank you again for listening. I know that I'm still learning how to do this. So I might be kind of boring. I know I take a lot of deep breaths. I know that I say, um, a lot. I know that I take a lot of pauses in my sentences. I'm realizing that I don't. speak very fluently. I guess I wasn't designed for radio originally. Um, But I still think I have information to share that might be helpful to some. So I'm still going to continue to do it despite the fact that I think that this might be a little bit boring to some. Um, But I want to thank you, especially if you made it to the end of this. I really want to thank you for listening. And go to my blog... The blog is heyitworkedforme.com. On the blog, it will have all of the same information that I just shared, really, but also some photographs to show you what I'm doing or have done. And um, what else? Oh, next episode is going to be about, well, I don't want to share. I don't want to, like, ruin the surprise. Cause it's going to be kind of confusing a little bit, but it's about flexibility. I know I just told you that you have to be super consistent and stay on schedule, but the next episode is going to be about some flexibility as well. So make sure you come back and join me next Tuesday for that. Do, I don't know, what do you do on a podcast? You follow, subscribe, something along those lines. Make sure you do that so that you get notified on the next episode. Make sure you go to my blog and follow that. Read through it. I would love it if you left me a comment or question or anything that you, you know, would like to hear about, see if maybe I have some insight on, leave me a comment and let me know. And again, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. And I hope that anything I'm sharing is just going to ease a tiny bit of stress for you. I really do. And good luck, distance learning, fellow parents. Bye.